and welcome to a potentially disastrous <laughs> episode of Radio Loud. You might you might call it implosive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm your host, Dougie Delf, Douglas Dobert, and uh, joining me today is Stefan Weber. And uh, our other member died. Rest yeah. in peace. Can you just show his empty chair? Oh, the camera's not on. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just got like um. Well, we used to do uh, it. A blow up doll. Well, we used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Ursa, that's my girl. <laughs> what we used to do at a uh, band practice is uh, when our vocalist wouldn't show up. They just had this fucking cardboard cutout of a NASCAR driver. We just put in front of like the... Jeff Gordon or some yeah. shit. Oh, that'd be good. Right. Yeah, uh, tonight we have Danica Patrick. That's <laughs> just her smiling. I love it. Oh, man. No. Yeah, rough rough waters and choppy seas ahead. Yeah, uh, next week we will not be having an episode. Um, so mark your calendars, don't tune in. Not that it's over, but I'll be out of town and... Uh, with Sean having stepped away from the project, unfortunately, we have it'll give us some time to recuperate as I'll be out of town for the entire weekend. So, <sighs> so um, yeah, this might be a shorter one today. <laughs> um, I think we still can do it, right? I mean, we were looking in for some stand-ins, but obviously, with sh- such short notice, it's hard to garner people, especially yeah. on a Wonderful, beautiful Friday, yeah, such right. as it is today. So, uh, yeah, just having just like, kind of like one of those weeks at work where, you ever do you have like a, an area of work that is, not to seem sexist or anything, but is like occupied by mostly primarily women. women, and then people go, oh yeah, it's women's work <laughs> over there. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that is that is that is a thing. Um, uh, yeah, not that we say it like it is women's work or anything like that. Oh, like, people say that. Well, yeah, people like, say it. I'm just like, be careful because you'll end up over there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not so hot yourself. So I wanted to comment on is not necessarily like the work, but just like being in that situation where it's like you're one of the only men in that situation. Because I'd like walk in and out of it. To, like there's a computer problem or something like that. I had to check out. And the most of them have had kids, and they're just in there talking about their babies. Oh. Come and see the baby. And it's just like, oh, I gotta like get my kid to soccer practice like right after work, and then we gotta drive over town. But I mean, that's what becomes your entire life because all of the stuff they want to do eats all the time of the stuff that you may yeah. want to do. So, so it's live basically vicariously through your child. <laughs> I've had people like at work say it's like oh I'm living vicariously through you Doug like <laughs> like a, as a, a like another male who's like oh yeah I got two kids and I'm married now so live it up for me champ. Uh, basically like uh, even like men that have kids too they'll be talking about their kids and I'll just walk up and I'll just be standing there and observing it and I'll just be like man guys I am going to get sterilized tonight. <laughs> Get the vasectomy. Like, yeah. No, like, go get that fucking speed cannon over there. Get that radar gun and fry me up. Like, <laughs> set my testicles <laughs> in a microwave yeah. real quick. Just fucking singe me up, man. Fuck me up, fam. Um, like, could you imagine that backfiring? 
Like, basically, you intend to just, like, curdle your sperm, but you just end up, like... End up with cottage cheese balls? No, you end up with, like, mutated DNA in your balls and... What, I'm shooting out silly string? (laughs) 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 Or cheese whiz, probably. It'd probably be, like, cheese whiz. Just disgusting. Jesus. Oh, my God. That's, um... Like, I saw something kind of like that it was like some like giant worms that somebody was doing a reaction video because i was like i'm in this like struggle of like trying to promote this shit and you get a little deep into youtube see the weird shit yeah you see the weird shit and then there's like creators creating like reaction videos and uh one was like to like this fucking giant worm or whatever and it was just entitled it squirts <laughs> that's a good title though. yeah it is a good fucking title like it drew me in but uh i was just like i can't sit i can't sit through this cringy shit did it squirt <laughs> uh yeah it did squirt. <laughs> saw like a fucking um so, like what it shot stuff out of its head uh <laughs> <laughs> um i saw this fucking like in related content, like to that, uh, you know, Bear Grylls out in the wild. Yeah, he drinks his own piss. Yeah, he drinks his own piss and shit like that. He, not and shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, maybe. Uh, hey, man, if it was fucking rough enough. Um, it's warm. <laughs> there's that thing where he eats the grub and he's just like cringing at like doing it and he like puts it in his mouth and then he's just like. Ah, and then it just fucking explodes like this fucking like pustule mass. right on the camera uh no just like right out of his mouth like to like the it's just like insides and guts and he's able to just like you'd think it would just be liquidy but he's able to just like take it off his mouth and like toss it away so it's like a a dangling booger <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting bear grills is kind of gross I mean, I enjoyed it, even though, like, Survivor Man was supposed to be, like, more authentic. I liked Survivor Man a lot more. I I didn't like it more. I thought, like, the presentation of um, the Bear Grylls. seemed very staged, though. It would just be like, oh, look, we found this canoe. Bear Grylls Uh, thing? No, uh, Survivor Man. He'd be like, oh, look, I found a canoe, and now I'm going to take it downriver to civilization because some hunter left it here it's like uh-huh <laughs> sure they did well wasn't his whole thing like oh i'm by myself and i'm filming myself his would be an accident happens he gets stranded in an inhospitable environment or one that you would really not desire to be in like there was one he, he was trapped in northern canada his like plane quote unquote crashed i think that's actually the exact episode where he found a hunter's canoe (laughs) massive quotations there and then took it downstream after being up up in the northern wilderness for about a week or something because i think he only stays out for about a week but he's he did one where it was trapped in the sahara like your jeep breaks down or xyz but it's always about surviving the environment for x amount of time and then trying to make your way back to civilization yeah and then miraculously yeah, make it out. Oh, who's a helicopter pad with a f- private helicopter <laughs> right here? Oh, thank God. I, I think in the desert one, he might have got picked up by Benduins or something. I don't, I don't remember. God. It was a long time ago because that was Discovery Channel back in the day when it wasn't just Pawn Stars. And... I also saw some, uh, came across some like really majestic HD footage. It was like some 4K footage of, um, what, like Planet Earth shit? 
Uh, no, it was just like a YouTube video. I don't know what it was like necessarily, like what was behind it, what was the intent of it being on YouTube, but it was just like some beautiful shots of the Sahara. And like, just, it was like, it started with like a caravan of people, um, like a nomads with camels and just like shots of the dunes and showing how like arid it is. And then there's this fucking like train that like comes across it. There's a, like a huge train line that goes through there and they're like some of like the longest and most heavy in the world. That just seems like the, the worst place to get fucking like stranded in the middle of like nowhere uh, on a train. I would rather be stuck in a train than you'd rather be a saturation diver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rather be stuck on a train than some of the other scenarios. There's a, there was like another fear thing involved with like thalassophobia that I found when we were talking about like, um, that's a fear of, deep of open water yeah just like depths depths yeah cthulhu like what's down yeah anglerfish uh there's another one it's (laughs) just perpetual darkness it's like being afraid of like being next to like giant machines in water like be them like wrecks or nuclear submarines i I was a little confused i was like what are you giant robots underwater what are you talking about like caterpillars (laughs) pacific rim three man (laughs) and that has that was in the Lassophobia. No, like it was shipwrecks. There was an entire another subreddit devoted to just that, because there's like subreddits, and then there's like the related like sister subreddits, and a lot of them creeping around a shipwreck kind of would give me the willies yeah. underwater. Especially, I remember we'd watch those. Is that James Cameron, the Discovering Titanic? Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that on uh, in school and being slightly unnerved, just like they're just gonna find a dead body. In the next camera shot. (laughs) (laughs) But just sweeping, because it would be almost completely pitch black. You're just floating around with a flashlight. That's something you never really saw, like, when they did all those documentaries. Maybe they just, like, edited it out because, like, the kids were interested into it, in it. And it was, like, during the time that the Titanic was, like, a hot shit movie. But, like, where are all, like, the Titanic lich, you know? Yeah. I don't, they're definitely not in the video. They've obviously been edited out, but there's got to be a ton on that boat. Right? And like, not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, how does, like, bones underwater survive? Do they just, like, get eaten away or? I don't know. I imagine I it's something enough. similar to down lumber where it actually takes longer to, I, exp- at least the bones, I imagine it would take longer to decompose because when, like, a tree gets downed, the part underwater doesn't decay at the same rate above water. The stuff oh, really? Above it decays, water decays slower? Yeah. Huh. I didn't Which know seems that. seems weird, but that's what, at least what I've seen out fishing and stuff. Right. You would think that with, like, the water and its ability to, like, harbor bacteria and shit like that and just, like, keep shit alive, that that would be, like, a, just like a hotbed for shit to eat it. Right? <clears throat> I, they're just not interested, though. I just don't want any of that. All right, so uh, I'm going to go into some news. Uh, we got like a way we could like translate through like a couple of the stories. We have that Steam one uh, about crypto. Yeah, you want to start there because yeah. I'm actually slightly familiar with that story. And I'm glad we're going to news because my work week was terrible. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, no, I just closed the page. <laughs> <laughs> so basically a... Really crappy Steam game. Yeah. Not <laughs> like it was like a big one to put, like, scarier or anything like that. The Yeah, it was not a big Steam game at all. And it looked like... Uh, is that Pong? Uh, I like don't know it was, what it It was like. super pixel. Okay, I'll bring it up. But uh, basically, they had discovered that when you bought the game and installed it, that it would use... There was like another way for somebody to like manipulate your machine into mining crypto for it. Yeah, you downloaded the game and it would... You basically paid to mine crypto for somebody. Which, you, um, in that case, is like kind of nefarious, but I've heard it used in the past through um i think it was the pirates bay specifically where they had something that was using people's gpus to mine cryptocurrency which in my own head i was like that's fucking genius like i wouldn't do it i think it's like pretty shady but in the case of the pirates bay it's like okay well you're stealing shit already so how pissed can you really get at them for stealing your resources, essentially. I saw an article somewhere about uh, Chrome actually possibly using uh, your RAM to do stuff for them in the background. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them because it's Google. Like, uh, like tech support a company when we needed like a dns to just like temporary set up like a google one because google is a free dns i think it's like 8.8.8.8 um but basically they're like you know you want to change it after you get like your internet service providers one because it's google you know <laughs> <clears throat> i was uh, actually uh watching something this week where they were talking about a quantum computing engineer talking to some of like the top brass at google at like a party or whatever and they're just like you know having their little <laughs> their gin and tonics yeah. or their uh no they probably drink something like uh tom collins <laughs> they're all drinking tom collins's and yeah noses in the air laughing got I, yeah i got a perfect mental image of that so uh the quantum computing engineer was just like talking about like what he envisioned the future for like quantum computing is it basically is like a form of computing that is able to process bits a little bit differently because right now like traditional computers can only do like zeros and ones and it's like very arduous and slow and i don't want to like say too much because i don't really understand as much about it but the way You're not a quantum yeah i'm not computer. a quantum computer scientist but uh he was saying uh, basically, he envisions a day where, like, quantum computing can be used to, um, create a unbreakable, like, cryptography because of the processing power you would need to crack it. Like, one being generated by a quantum computer would be, like, so large. Like, the, crypt the cryptography would be so hard to break that they could make a, um, like, a search engine that could query things online and nobody would ever be able to know like what that person searched for and like the he's talking to like the top brass of google and they're like oh yeah that's like really cool or whatever but then they fucking like come back 
like a couple days later and they're like uh that's our entire business model right there <laughs> yeah we're not doing <laughs> yeah, that yeah don't do that and unbreakable just sounds like a challenge to me because all those hacker types like a challenge well there's that well you wouldn't be able to do it unless you had quantum computing power like you can hack all you want if you don't have like the resources to have the what the quantum computer would potentially provide because they're not like to that state already it's like still super basic it's still like super experimental like the guy was saying they could uh basically they're at the point now where they can get a quantum computer to say like uh three times five is 15 and it's like that's not that complicated but it's like going to become like the potential for it to become complicated i have <laughs> I, I actually have a story about past future technology okay. and this other stuff okay so i've been watching unsolved mysteries a lot at home i've been binging, <laughs> i've been binging it but there was an episode about this woman dude when that music came on as a kid you know some fucking spooky little, shit was yeah i don't know why down. that song is so creepy because it's relatively simple but it's still creepy uh but the 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 unsolved mystery was there was a woman who invented the dale car at 20th century motor Corporation. is that what that is is that what you got called up right there yeah you call up a picture By, there uh elizabeth carmichael okay so this story takes place during the gas crisis and this woman elizabeth carmichael promises promises that she can get a car made that'll get 70 miles per gallon it's got three wheels um, like a fucking like reliant robin type except of shit. except flipped so the two wheels are in front and the ones in the call back. up a call up a picture of it um, the dale car yeah you had it up there but it was like super small <clears throat> concept image <laughs> yep okay okay so it's in like the back it's like a little bit more stable yeah but she promised 70 miles per gallon um and said that it was going to be said that it was going to be in that it was in production and all of this other stuff and slowly this story started being investigated and for those of you that are not aware in unsolved mysteries they do recreations of stories <laughs> so they do like reenactments yeah. and stuff with the people that were involved and they had some of her co-workers that they were interviewing they're like yeah she was a great lady she just had this commanding presence you know almost like a man like she was just driving at home and she thought she was the next henry ford and a, a real innovator and we all believed in this project and then they pan to like the fbi agents and like the irs that are investigating this story and they were like well we never really got a project or any solid answers so we started investigating this woman and when they show elizabeth carmichael in the reenaction the reenactments i wasn't looking right away but my girlfriend goes they have a man playing her <laughs> because she thought she was such a man and i like look up Lo and behold, they had a man playing this woman. And then Brittany, Brittany walks out of the room. She goes, I bet it was a man. And that was the kicker. Elizabeth Carmichael conned the entire United States as a transgender. Uh, it was a man playing a woman. And she conned, like, California, Detroit, like, three states out of, like, I think it's $3 million. 
Now, was it like an actual transgender person, or was yeah, it just it like was a, a man? dude? Here's the picture of this. This is who it actually was. Well, I, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, was it a transgender person, or was a, it just it was a, a dr- man posing it was as a, man a woman? Because posing as a, a woman, difference. there was yeah. a man, it was a man posing as a woman in the beginning. But he said, "Well, I'm going to get the surgery and all this okay. other stuff. I'm taking hormones." But this dude conned three states, got away from. The investigators from 1977 to 1989, I think. No, a little past 1989. So this guy raked in all this cash through this con, and it was just the most ridiculous story I've well, seen on there. The, the, well, my curiosity of it was, like, did he, like, flip back to avoid detection? Like, was his, like, transgender role for this entire thing just no, he's, to pull he stayed the con with or that. Did, okay. he stayed with that and he actually had five five six kids too so that seems like some shit in the 80s that they probably do just because it was like a different time they're like a bit like insensitive to it but like we're also talking about like the like sensitivity of the issue the way it like applies to this time when this person was actually like a shit bag for like <laughs> completely other reasons and yeah. pulled this con but uh, yeah she uh was originally accused of selling, selling. Uh, sorry, I gotta highlight this. Of selling dealer franchises that did not and cars that did not exist, and then the DMV discovered that the company didn't have a state to manufacture any of the cars, and there was no evidence of these cars being manufactured. But she did have employees, and when they went to investigate, uh, one of the FBI guys was like, "Yeah, we got into this car. The gas pedal wasn't attached." The inside of it was held up with two by fours. Like they showed <laughs> clips of this car, and it was just this ramshackle, just like frame. He was like the the right wheel wasn't even attached. It was like held up by a cinder block. But just the employees that they interviewed who used to work there, like really believed in this project. They said they'd all do it again, and they were like, "We would have made it happen." <laughs> like she had, she had everything pulled over their eyes, and it was, it was unreal to watch this story like unfold. A true innovator, Elizabeth Carmichael <laughs> and Connors. And I think at the end, she got a 10-year sentence. That's one thing I learned from Unsolved Mysteries. If you're going to go into crime, con con for money, racketeer, and all that stuff, you get like the lightest sentences. It's ridiculous. Still, it's like 10 years of your life, but like if you there got was, it stashed away, you get to keep the money, right? There was one where they did a Medicare scam. Uh, and this dude only did like two years, and he made like thirty million. That they didn't like reclaim the funds as like part of punishment somehow, or I they don't it? elaborate on that aspect. I'm assuming they get a good chunk of it back, but you can't get all of it, right? I'm assume like if you were smart about what you're, if you were that smart to pull out the con, you must have had like a a tactic to go about retain that. Who something, knows? but who knows, man just madness i mean you're really selling me on like committing fraud here (laughs) (laughs) the show's selling me on it you think you wouldn't want to do it but now what i can't believe is the motherfucker who hosted that shit was an airplane robert stack yeah that buttery (laughs) voice of his didn't he have like a son that was like abducted never found something like that and that's why he started the show i don't know that aspect of the story but But, i think i think the future our future con should be make a game like abstractism and have people mine crypto for us 
Uh, so yeah, like uh, that actually <laughs> that actually links back. Like uh, the reason I wanted to talk to like about that first was to, like segue to um, like it was Steam, and Steam recently came under a bunch of heat because they had a game that was basically like it was a really shitty game too. But they had a game that was like basically a school shooting thing where you would play like the shooters. They've, they've had a couple versus, like that, but I know what you're talking about. But this is the one, it's not really like a, about the game in per se. It's about like the policy that Steam like put out there was that. Which I believe the last time we talked about, they said you can do anything. Right. Yeah. That's what they came yeah. out of it. They were just like, you know, this is uh, something where it's like, we're going to let the like uh, person buying it decide because we believe like that should be that you should decide how to spend your own money you're a grown adult but they're um you know they're a private company and they have every right within themselves to dictate how they do business and for them to do that i think is cool but i don't think it's cool that like that person gets like a platform to do that stuff not that it was like a good game anyways and not that they probably made any money Neither but, of these two games were good games by any stretch. Yeah, but Ex- uh, extrap- abstractism, the crypto mining game, looks terrible. It's literally like original video game graphics. Like I'm talking Galactica slash Pong. <laughs> like it's it's single pixels and stuff. Oh, that's it's the, the crypto one. Yeah, it's it looks terrible. Yeah. I don't even know why someone would buy it. Well, uh, but that was the thing. They took that game off because that did violate their terms yeah. of service. Uh, this, I was, like, trying to segue into, like, the private companies as far as, like, what it pertains to Alex Jones this week, which was oh. big news, getting what's been called deplatformed. Now, we've talked about him. Like, we love shitting on Alex Jones. Like, we think he's, like, a shitbag, pretty much. Do you agree? Do you agree, Stefan? <laughs> Just yelling at people is not. I, yeah, I just he just yells at people. I'm I mean, not down for that. I don't personally like his material. message or material yeah. or what he's doing. Like, he's basically a con man who's it's a fear monger. Yeah, he's like mongering fear to basically sell a line of like supplements and stuff like that to like purify your water and like. Take out like these negative effects of like. Does he? Does he? Did he jump on those uh, five gallon drums of food too? <laughs> I don't know. That was a, <laughs> seems like an untapped market for him. Then. What was the name of the church that was doing that? Uh, it was like a evangelical TV church that was like doing that shit. But um, uh, there's just like been a lot of talk. Well, first off, the 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 people as like directly interacting with him. The, like some of the screenshots I've seen is like Alex Jones just like bitching about like him getting deplatformed and then people calling him out. It's like it, that's not actually how it happened. You deplatformed yourself to create a false flag operation <laughs> and, <laughs> and it just, backfired like a motherfucker. No, it was like to create like some sort of like news scandal to just like get himself further along in the news. Oh, that's what ended up happening. They actually no, no, anything? like they were just trolling him, like oh, gotcha. using his oh, like his own fire against him. So, um, but there's been some like interesting discussion about like the like implementation of it, just like 
basically these like larger companies that have the power to do this have like kind of for the not I wouldn't say the first time, but this is kind of like the first time someone as big as this has been unanimously shunned across multiple major platforms. Like I think iTunes was the first to do it. And then everybody else followed. I think he got taken off of uh, YouTube. He got all his shit taken off of iTunes. And there's like a couple more places. Uh, He's basically been reduced. You got the list? He's been banned from Apple, YouTube, YouTube, Spotify, yeah, Facebook, Pinterest. <laughs> I can't imagine the fucking Pinterest community for fucking uh, Alex Jones. I feel like they just blocked all the memes at could, that point. <laughs> could you imagine that? It'd just be like uh, you go in there and it's just like, oh, how to contain your lizard skin and five easy stuff. It's like when I think Pinterest, I think like, you know, like arts and crafts or like yeah uh uh, mother shopping at better homes yeah (laughs) uh the the something i'm gonna make from michael's now when i said that Infowars can't be found on apple it's still in the app store it's not on itunes oh like his own app yeah okay yeah you can find him on twitter because twitter just twitter is a slut they're like the only big social media platform that allows full frontal nudity but that's because twitter will do anything for the hits. Right. Twitter doesn't care. God they, bless them. Not in for like, the, them siding with Alex Jones. Like, not that they sided with them. But. They just know that he gets traffic, right. which is all they give a shit about. Is that so wrong? I mean, it's slightly morally wrong, I guess, to a level, but is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like... it. One of the things that I've been have been tossed around a lot in these discussions was was it being it was like these large companies that are some of like in the very near future they're going to be like the large media conglomerates that are going to maybe replace something like Viacom or you know Fox or not that Fox is like the parent company you know what I mean but uh, it there was like some talk about like was it some of like the higher ups just like using their platform to flex their political will or did it come from like you know the the managers of these companies like uh, there's just some like debate on like who is actually like pulling the shots on here because it was like a cascade of dominoes with just him getting pulled off of this platform than that platform like, he's been pulled off of, like, the big ones, you know? I think it's just his fear-mongering message, his... I think it's... And I ag- I agree with that. It's just because it's I'm a just playing mong- devil ad- yeah, no. advocate for, like, I, It's just because it's a, it's a fear-monger. He's a fear-monger. Um, his... They're calling him out for hate speech because he mongers fear against certain people and groups of people. So I think it's more of like we're talking about a man that will literally I think it's more of I think it's more of those companies don't want to be caught up in the windfall of supporting him when he finally plunges down the fucking basement stairs. <laughs> right? <laughs> cuz cuz uh someone's about to push him down the basement stairs and he's going to end up in the 
at the bottom with his neck broken and nobody wants to be caught up in that snowball <laughs> the thing is it just seems so weird how this thing has like spun because my first exposure to alex jones and in Infowars was like well over a decade ago like in the bush administration and in that time period he was the one like calling like 9-11 was an inside job like he wasn't like this fucking like huge right person like he wasn't toting the right he was just like this like is a conspiracy you know, anti-establishment. Yeah. we gotta fight the globalists kind yeah. of person and like he i i can't really say how he was now because i, I didn't not drink pay attention and, yeah. i'm i'm only hearing about him turning their people turning the frogs gay <laughs> and Hillary Clinton can't open a pickle jar. I think were the last two things I heard ever I was, come out of his mouth. I was trying to like think of something that Alex Jones, just like some outrageous shit that Alex Jones would say to like open up today. Just like being like, "Oh, uh, you know, you, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna infiltrate YouTube through like pimple popping videos, and we're gonna pop the pustules on the back of Hillary." <laughs> But I, I think it's with the ongoing co- court case, they just don't want to be associated as the last platform holding holding him up in any way. Now, the crazy thing is, like, um, what I think this is going to do is, like, the people who really listen to him, um, first thing is that I think the people who are really, really listening to him, I don't think those people really are that big of a threat i don't think they hold that much sway. i just i just really don't like i've seen like some crazy conspiracy period three people it's the bill o'reilly ones you gotta watch yeah (laughs) but genuinely those are like the kind of types who are like they're trying to blame a bunch of other stuff for like the things that are going wrong in their life it's like a it's like almost like a alternate religion that's how it happens but uh, like I feel like those people are like, like a lot of them are harmless. There are some like very dangerous people. Like uh, it wasn't the. Uh, there's always there's always dangerous people, and there's there's always some dangerous people in certain groups. But I think <laughs> I, I I think obviously the people that listen to Infowars are going to be able to find Infowars. Yeah, the, he that was going to be my thing. He still is driving like millions of tra- millions of hits uh, of still, through traffic yeah. through his own website. He's still going to walk down the yeah. streets of New York and have a gaggle of dudes in camo, sh- camo pants with them. <laughs> like, <sighs> but he he's lining up to take a spill down the basement stairs and YouTube, Spotify, and all them don't want to be the top stair. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the most eloquently I've ever heard you put something to be honest. And uh, on that note, let's take a little break. Drink a little beer, write down an idea. It's Suggestion Box. This is the part of the show that started uh, just me getting really drunk and writing down incoherent thoughts on cards because I thought they were funny. 
He was getting ready to go live at the comedy club. <laughs> and then the comedy club became a country bar. Oh my god, I'm still fucking salty at that shit. Every time I go up there, it's fucking empty. And I was I was like fucking in there and I was like, "Oh, it's a country bar now." And I was like, "That sucks." And the doorman <laughs> was like, "Not really." Cuz he was like a dude in a Carhartt onesie. Dude, he's a he country was, guy. Yeah, he was yeah. the country bro. That I ended up like finding out nobody fucking liked that guy. He was weird. That's the guy. Not that just ate- because he was country bro. Like the other guy who was with him, with him was like equally country bro. But he was like but everybody likes him. He, yeah, he was just like behind him, like while this guy was talking to me, just like shaking his head, like no. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like in another empty bar, and like there another bouncer was like talking to me. And I was, like, talking to the bartender. I was like, man, I really wish this was, like, a country club. And she just, like, started explaining to me. I was like... Uh, uh, comedy club. Comedy Not, club. It is a country club. She just started explaining to me, like, how I was wrong that, like, my opinion of, like, wanting this be a comedy club again. Like, she was like, no, like, my dad owns, like, the other comedy club across... I was like, oh, whatever. I just have an opinion. <laughs> Leave it. Yeah, that's a real good way to keep a customer. You know, just tell them how fucking wrong they are. Uh, not that I can't handle some like conversation like that, but it was just like, oh, geez, where is this coming? I mean, from? maybe she was just trying to explain that the comedy market is weaning off because people don't like to laugh anymore, and <laughs> <laughs> it's because the fucking actual world is such a farce that we just don't need the comedy. <laughs> yeah, we don't need anymore. the comedy anymore. We're living in some sort of weird vortex. Oh, right. Uh, this is. So this, uh, I actually like saw this on like a Facebook status and kind of inspired me to write this one. It's um, a, a girl who is trying to find a dress and selects one to try on in the store. And she can't get out of it because it's so tight. So like it, it was like based on like a legitimate fear that someone was like, oh, trying on the dress in the store. But it's like, you like the way it looks, but you can't get out of the dress. How so, would you get into it? Just like, it's like a hand in a cookie jar situation? I don't know. You just stuff it in, man. Just like... Or like you zip it up and then it's a Stephen King movie and the zipper has a lock or something? That's or? what I was going to say. Like, moving this into, it's like a predator dress. It's like actually like a snake unhinging <laughs> its jaw. Just and then to, like, it locks up. Yeah, it just like starts to to swallow the person whole, and then like gets on, and then they're like, "Oh, this looks great." <laughs> but little, they, <laughs> they they don't know that it's actually like slowly starting to digest them. <laughs> it was called a, a predator wedding dress. It would be like that movie. Oh, I think it's a tales. Is that tales from the crypt? Thinner. Where the guy gets yeah, the gypsy no, no, curse. That was, a, that was a Stephen King. It was? Oh, yeah. And he just keeps eating when he keeps losing weight. Except he eats put the, the pie. He wants to lose weight and he eats the pie. Yeah. Yeah. The it, cursed, gypsy cursed pie. But she puts the dress on and she just slowly. But that doesn't work because then she'd waste away and she'd be able to slip out of it. Now, straight up, man, like the way you phrased that, it just sounded like some cursed gypsy snatch. And it's like, aren't they all? <laughs> I don't know any gypsies personally. So, like, I don't mean to be offensive. But, like, uh, I have some, like, Irish family, and they were like, you got to watch out for the gypsies, man. 
We yeah, gotta watch out for the caravan. It's just a universal watch out for their twisted magics. <laughs> it's not even like the magic. But I, I it's feel that, like, like the the nomadic tribes of them they'll steal from you because it's like they have to to survive. I feel like that they are self aware of that stereotype though. Like I'm not talking like uh, like give me your tears, gypsy woman. Like look upon my You're wares, about, gypsy I'm, woman. I'm not like nomadic tribes of gypsies. Yeah, the the RV camp came through <laughs> and they stole my lawn chairs, <laughs> or they took my Weber grill. Yeah, my Stefan Weber grill. I own that company, and Stefan Soccer. <laughs> I'm a made man. I just like working and feeling like the common man. Right, like Andy Kaufman. I man. got stock options. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got a startup. All right. Um, I got one. Okay, you wanna you wanna do one of yours? Okay, I'm not 100 percent sure where this one's going. Neither was, it was I. It was it's Ant Are Man. We ever? It's Ant Man versus Man Ant. <laughs> man Ant. One hundred percent all the way. Ant Man like he grows really big, but Man Ant is average size, and he'd still have like a hundred times the strength of a regular person. I feel like he'd just still be able to toss him up. <laughs> but Ant Man can get smaller, still. So, but uh, the thing is, like the the strength that he has scales down. That's Ant Man's whole thing. Does Man Ant just like get weak? Like, well, Man Ant doesn't change his his size. Doesn't it doesn't have variable. He just has an exoskeleton and the strength of he can lift a. But he's got these like little hundred times. He's got weight. these little noodle arms, right? He's got the pincher head though. <laughs> uh, I'm getting like flashbacks to like. <laughs> Fucking them, that fucking movie where like the giant ants attack in the 1950s. Oh yeah, the radio. They had the radioactive nuclear kick where everything just grew to massive proportions. That uh, actually has like the same kind of um, connotation to something I had written down, but I didn't have like anything written for it. It was just like a clever title. It was the dragon with the girl tattoo. I think. <laughs> I think we might have. No, this is this one was like fresh, but then I like I realized in writing it was like all I have is a funny title and nothing to go <laughs> along with it because I haven't watched the movie. So I like you tried haven't to... watched the girl with the dragon tattoo. No, I hear it's really it good. It is good. I did watch it. Uh, I hear there's like some rape and then some revenge rape. Yep, and it's a little grisly. There's some like there's some rape financial and some espionage, yep. something like that. It's got a little bit of everything for a fan of psychological slash thriller movie i i like daniel craig a lot except the one time they pulled the bait and switch with him with that fucking golden compass movie i did not actually see that because don't the book is a little out there because my both my both my relatives brother and sister read it and when they both read a book and they don't, start going, oh, yeah, they you don't like that, bro? They don't, yeah, I like that, sis. They don't say anything about it after it's done. Maybe it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, like, not a peep about it. Just, yeah, I read the Golden Compass book closed. I didn't even really know it was, like, a book at first. I just remember, like, seeing previews for the movie and Daniel Craig, like, being in the previews and them, like, starring Daniel Craig. Would they bar him, him, and kill him in five seconds, or what? I don't know what happened to him, but he was only in the movie for, like, two seconds. They just pulled a bait-and-switch with him. They did the same thing with uh, 
Brian Cranston in the newer Godzilla, like the American Godzilla. The one on the animated one on Netflix. No, no, like the blockbuster movie that came out uh, in two thousand. No, that's the fucking Matthew Roddick one. I love that one, man. Everybody hates that one, but I fucking love what that Godzilla one. What Godzilla are you talking about? Uh, there was another one in like 2015, I want to say. It was like within the last five years. Oh, yeah. And I forgot about that. Yeah, Brian Cranston is like this nuclear physicist. He's in it for five minutes. Yeah, he he's in it for like the beginning 10, and then he dies. And then it's his son that takes over. But it was still good. But they... Start Brian Cranston because Breaking Bad. Yeah, 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 it was like at, off of like the coattails of that. He really is a great actor, though. I saw him. He was in a Seinfeld episode I was watching. Oh, the fucking dentist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people in Seinfeld. That right. Are, it is ridiculous. The I was watching the the alcoholic. Fucking Mark Medcalf is in that shit. You fucking boy, man. He's like. Bob and Brian, like local Milwaukee fucking legend Mark Medcalf is. I hear he's a real prick in real life, but like my first Admiral game ever, I saw him do the human hockey puck. And I was like, oh, that's fucking Mark Medcalf. Mark Medcalf, for uh, those of you out there who don't know, is um, Niedermeyer from Animal House. And then he just got like typecast. Uh, you got a picture of him? Got a portrait? I was trying to bring one up. I think I typed it wrong yeah that is him that is him yep that's mark metcalf uh but like bring up young him he's like the he's just like a young adolf hitler (laughs) but he he was like uh in a i'm gonna uh, bring up the seinfeld episode yeah he was in some like seinfeld episodes he's from milwaukee uh i don't think he i don't know if he's actually from milwaukee but he's on bob and brian a lot and he was at the fucking... Oh, there he is. This is him in the Seinfeld episode, okay? <laughs> yeah, he does seem like a, a one to just like get in odds with Kramer. Uh, he Other roles, he reprised his like, being a prick stickler was uh, where the Buffalo Room, where Bill Murray played Hunter S. Thompson. He was just like some douchebag on a plane. That who... was a very good movie. You like that movie? Yeah, I, I, d- I didn't like it that much. Was it as like Fear and Loathing? You know, puts you through the loops, but where the Buffalo Rome was more. <clears throat> I think the best uh, Hunter S. Thompson adaptation was the Rum oh, Diaries. The Rum Diaries. I haven't even I haven't seen that one. As far as like being like truthful to the novel. I feel like the Rum Diaries was something um, that uh, it took it to like um, where like you understood in Fear and Loathing that Hunter S. Thompson was Hunter S. Thompson and he was there with his attorney and they were just like on this absurd journey and like a lot of people only took like oh drugs and stuff like that but they didn't really like express like the um, the point of the novel, which he was, like, there to, like... He wrote this, like, thing about, like, the American dream being the big win, basically. And Las Vegas being the embodiment of, like, just making it big. The American making it big. And, man, that city's scummy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Want to take a look at yourself in the mirror, uh, America? It's Vegas. So, uh... Bums and all. I think, uh, as far as movies go... 
for like his novels, The Rum Diaries. I actually like went on. That's still Johnny Depp. Yeah, and that came out four, five years ago. Longer than that. Um, I want to say so. I went on a, a date with a girl who was just like, "Oh yeah, like I love like." You know, uh, Fear and Loathing and like Hunter S. Thompson and shit. Like, I was like, oh, oh, great, let's go see the Rum 2011. Diaries. 2011. I was pretty close. Yeah, uh, I was like, great, let's go see the Rum Diaries or whatever. She's like, yeah, yeah, great. And then like afterwards, I learned that she didn't even know that this was like a Hunter S. Thompson novel originally. And I, I mean, like, what, what, like for most people out of our generation, like you already said, it was all about the. The drug-fueled rampage of Fear and Loathing. It, right, uh, sp- particularly with artists. It was not Hunter S. Thompson's writing ability or the stuff he's done in the past with his extremely large rep- repertoire of writings and editorial pieces. They're yeah, editorial yeah, he pieces. did editorials. Yeah. He did, like, sports articles and columns in uh, magazines. Um but basically what he would do is he would write about himself as a character, giving him the the power to embellish the situation. Um, he would write like it really happened, but it, it like didn't happen like that. Like It was based on truth, but it was extremely exaggerated. That's like what his like, Raul Duke character was. It was... Just uh, something that he actually saw, and then he just like ran with things that like could have like gotten a little bit more extreme. That's like where he got his characters from. <clears throat> I'll I'll admit I haven't read. Okay, I read one Hunter S. Thompson piece, but I I don't I haven't read Hunter S. Thompson really. I'll admit that. And I like kind of hate to like in post this post HST being cool era. There's, like, a lot of people who just, like, shit on people. It's like, oh, people, for the same reasons I was saying. Like, they were into him for, like, the wrong reasons. Yeah, the because, fear and loathing, drug-fueled rampage of, yeah. blah, I totally missed the message. Right. Um, but even that, like, his best book, in my opinion, was Hell's Angels. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I've only read some excerpts from that. That's the only stuff I've read because it was in your bathroom. Yeah. It is. I used that. <laughs> oh <path>. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I used that bathroom when I used to live here. <laughs> uh, That's where I got my Hunter S. Thompson bit from, and then I saw where the Buffalo Rome, which, like I was saying previously, I liked that one because I thought it was easier to derive the point from versus Fear and Loathing's drug fueled visual escapade. I feel like um, if you read the novel and watched the movie, it like be vastly different. Yeah, it has it like the movie doesn't go so far as to like bastardize the novel. I feel I feel like they're good complements to each other. I really do. Um, but being the nature of like the man's just escapades and shit like that, they like turned it into this like psychedelic romp overall. Which I guess is, like, a good way to, you know, have the hit single and then get, like, a few people to, like, dig a little bit deeper into it. You know? Wow, derailed from the comedy there. Jeez. We get deep, though. Yeah, you and me, we do. That's what I was telling you. Without Sean, it goes... R.I.P. A little little deeper. Sorry, big guy. 
Uh, so this was an idea for um, a newspaper. Uh, oh, when you say it's an idea for a newspaper, you mean like an article, like a no, Onion it's thing, like, like, it's like Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal, but it's called the L.A. Trine. <laughs> so it's like playing on the word, like a trine being like a full 120 degrees. And I was thinking it could start as like a show where it's like two hours long. It's going to give you like the real scoop on the shit. And then Larry Flint would buy it. <laughs> and he'd turn it into just like a fucking smut magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah, you like that? <laughs> so, so for those of you that... Uh, that might have snuck by. It's the latrine. <laughs> after you put that, after you put the L.A. trine together, and Larry Flint is, he's an author. Of, he's the author. He's a publicator of sexual graphic novels yeah. and magazines, like Hustler. Now, a lot of people go to Hustler first, but uh, I go to Big Brother. Because Big Brother was the primordial ooze that led to Jackass. There was a Big Brother skate mag, and they were... Have you? Did you ever hear of Big Brother? No. Big Brother was basically um, what National Lampoon was in the 70s. It's just like, uh, just like a bunch... It's almost like borderline pornographic that you could get. It's like a very risque mad magazine. So, like, you had Trans World Skateboarding, which was, like, the goody two-shoes... Like skateboard mag. Oh, okay. Here's a good. Oh, bring that bring that picture back up. Yeah, that's. Let me find. So uh, here is a good <laughs> look at, at what an album is. That uh, Young Stevo? Oh no no no. There's a good uh, cover of the yeah, magazine. What they did is they um, for the first couple issues they just like completely changed up like what it was like the first episode what the first issue was just a regular just, trans world. I think it was like they had a bunch of ideas and it was like very vulgar and big they tricks big they trips s- they slapped it together and were basically like we know this is super shitty so here it is for free for all you that subscribe yeah. and then like the second one was like a binding thing with like. It wasn't a magazine. It was like a plastic binding and like a flip book and stuff like that. They eventually did like do just like a regular magazine cover, but they came out with like covers like this that were just like ridiculous. <laughs> so basically, you had uh, like Trans World Skateboarding and you had uh, Thrasher, which were like the, the, you know, party drinker <laughs> ones. And um, fucking. Uh, or like the Judd Nelson character, like if you were a badass, if you were like skate or die, you read Thrasher. You looked at Thrasher. Yeah. But uh, Big Brother came along and they just kind of like started injecting like these funny articles into it as well that were like super crude. Yeah, crude comedy. Like how to kill yourself or something <laughs> like that. And then uh, what made them essentially blow up was you know midwestern mothers just like oh no the little johnny can't jo- buy johnny this. this is uh sugar-coated penis pops what are you getting in the mail here <laughs> we're gonna have to shut this down here's so, a oompa loompa world's highest ollie wee man <laughs> yeah i can was see that trans world no this is big brother oh that is big according, brother okay it's so skateboarding image, yeah but i i never got this one i did i had trans world and i had thrasher i never got big brother but i i hopped on the uh the mag train pretty late that was like our generation's like 
Mad Magazine where you could get like some shit that you probably weren't supposed to look at at like a young age. It was like a step below porno mag. But then Larry Flint brought bought it, man. <laughs> and then it just went full on. Uh, no, they actually tried to get him to like tone it down a little bit because they're like, we're a publishing company. And they basically moved into this office in New York, I think it is. Um, or the Hustler company. I don't know what the parent company of that is. But basically, they had um, a office on the outside rung of the building, and they just like put fuck <laughs> on the side <laughs> of the building. <laughs> so is it still there today <laughs> no no i don't know if they still are owned by that but this uh what a, a lot of people don't know is that this is what like led to jackass they started doing video um that's where johnny knoxville was he came into the fray and he was like i'm gonna do an article like he's not even a skater and they're just into like a bunch of like this like crazy fringe content. So they're gonna like, write an article, uh, or Johnny Knoxville is gonna write an article about uh, different types of self defense weaponry. And we all remember that video. Speaking of Jackass, did you know a guy who went to high school? One of the Gary boys is doing a new Jackass on MTV. It's called uh, Too Stupid to Die. What? Yeah. What? Gary boys. Remember a couple of those guys moved from Gary up to Germantown? Oh. Yeah, one of them's oh. doing the new Jackass. It's called Too Stupid to Die on MTV. Yeah, that whole gaggle of fucking people. It's a man. lot of tax. They just jump on tax and stuff. I mean, is it actually associated with Jackass? Is it like a Jackass second generation? It's it's a second gen type deal. <laughs> jackass, the next generation. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's a lot of uh it's a lot of tax i'll see if you can can you tell which one it is no no i can't you can't tell which one of these guys was the was the guy no because no okay but yeah they're doing they're doing like a new jackass thing i just saw it i'm sorry man i i'm a millennial i don't have fucking cable (laughs) sorry I actually saw it uh, when I re-registered on on the on the Fab, the Zuck the Zucked book. Oh, really? Yeah, because I I needed it for the hockey league. Right. Uh, I already added you. You already showed up. They know. Yeah, I know because they they know they they knew everything already because I did it from my phone. Mm. So it was just like here's people that you might know. And I was like, oh, it's all the same people from before. Just, man, just add the ones you trust. I am trying not to add any of them because. What about me? Man, man? Everyone got everyone is so political on there. It's weird. Uh, maybe the ones that you have left, uh, or a lot of them just don't post anymore. I don't see that much. A lot of yeah, them just don't. Did post. you check the age of the posts? Yeah. Some of them haven't posted for years, but. Uh, okay. Uh, you want to do a read? Yeah, I have a read. I got an addition to the Canadian Cinematic Universe. His name is Justin Thurow. (laughs) But uh, it's Thurow. He's very thorough. He's very thorough. Uh, How thorough? And in what? Like he's their great detective. 
<laughs> slash prime minister. He's like their uh, sociopathic Sherlock Holmes. Yes. He's just, he's on top of it. He gets all the clues. <laughs> so who's his, uh, who's his fucking uh, Watson? You got one of those? It's like Dan Aykroyd something. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a Watson for him. I didn't think about that. I just thought Justin Thoreau. Just in thorough. So uh, I feel like he, in order to like downsell his, because that's the thing, they have this supernatural ability, but they're using it in just like mundane situations. I feel like he would be Canadian's TSA agent. Where I mean, what crimes do they really have in Canada? So yeah, it, he'd be border patrol, like getting on the plane. And he'd be like, hello, I'm Justin Thorough. Glove snap. I'm going to stick three fingers into your ass to find the fuse, dude. Or he just picks up on... Uh, he just knows where people left the keys in the, in the, uh, the Hall of Justice or whatever the fuck they have. Yeah, do we have to figure out what our beer league's Hall of Justice is going to be? <laughs> just called the locker room. <laughs> uh, some uh, we'll have to find like a, a lesser known, rink. yeah, a small ice rink. Uh, interesting to s- the Halifax ice rink. I think uh, uh, Canada has something like three thousand ice centers, and America only has like thousand something like that. And we have like five right here. Yeah, we have. A, a shitload ton of just yeah, in try- Milwaukee. I'm trying to get them all together so I can figure out when I can skate because I haven't skated recently. Now, which is n- I was actually thinking of that too because, like, you think five in the proximity of Milwaukee, which is a big city, uh, but not like a huge city, uh, you would think that that many. We got the Wilson Center, we got the Pettit Center, which is an Olympic training center that has two rinks. We have two in brookfield and there's one more i think i think there's one in ozaki county and i thought there was one in mequon for some reason but I oh think yeah there I'm is wrong. one in mequon mequon round deerish and uh you would think six in an area but like there's 50 states and there's a thousand ice arenas or something like that so that doesn't seem that like ridiculous you know here's my thing i'm having Granted, I haven't done too much work on this, but I'm having a hell of a time getting all of their schedules together and where they all are and stuff like that. Like, at least they're for the programs that they actually offer. Like, I can get their week, I can get their week schedule of this is when we have open ice, but there are supposedly like scrimmages going on every weekend that I don't see on their calendar and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I'm also just not a really good looker for things. That's why I need Justin Thoreau. <laughs> uh, uh, this one might be a good um, uh, god or a deity for the CCU. Like, I didn't put it like as the like intention a... of being like that, but it, I would just like throw it out there. Um, the Pooh Bear Buddha. <laughs> so basically, it's just like Pooh Bear, but he's got this big, like he has the Pooh Bear belly. And he is just Buddha to a subset of people. <laughs> That's what that eunuch guy is the cult leader for. <laughs> Fucking Ridcock. Yeah, Ridcock <laughs> is the cult leader for Pooh Buddha. 
who only promotes wholesome goodness. <laughs> oh, if you could just come and give me some honey. <laughs> Emphasis on I'd, come. I'd, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, oh, bother, but that's probably trademarked. Right. Uh, you have to say, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that uh, uh, fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi is Christopher Robin in the new Poop You're movie. Ian McGregor? Ian McGregor. He, he was in a caper film that Johnny Depp did. He played a detective, and Johnny Depp was some sort of con man, or he got caught up in a con. And it had to be the worst movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> I saw it in, in, a, in a movie pre, uh, uh, premiere. Oh, I, uh, it was a low point for me and Ian McGregor. Macaulay Culkin was on uh, Rogan this week, and he was talking about um, Johnny Depp. And he made the quip that he thinks uh, Johnny Depp is actually entirely made of scarves now. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, well, the movie I was talking about with Johnny Depp and Ian McGregor is called Mordecai. And it was... Ewan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I heard to skip that one. Olivia Munn was in it, too. And Jeff Goldblum and... Yeah. yeah, Goldblum. It is, yeah. It is in Ooh, highlights. Yeah. It's in highlights. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum, though. But it's in highlights right here for a clickable link that it was a bof- box office bomb. So you can go Yeah, yeah. To the, I, I, I did box. hear about yeah. that. It was bad. I got a free me- movie premiere for it. Apparently, Depp is going down the, uh, the cage like path where he, his lifestyle that he's used to, he's like... Unsustainable. Yeah, it's unsustainable, so he has to keep doing these like movies that aren't that great. Yeah. So how was Macaulay Culkin doing? Because I think a lot of Macaulay times Macaulay Culkin looks fucking fantastic, dude. Good, because the couple things there was a long time where everyone was just like, "He's going downhill. It's all over." And then he kind of yeah. got his shit together and he started swinging back up. And every now and then you catch these little YouTube videos or whatever else he's been doing, and you just get this stupid little smile on your face because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Was he good on uh, on Rogan? Uh, a lot of people said that they didn't have chemistry, but uh, from like the segments and the highlights I watched, it was like pretty funny. I I thought it was like interesting to just like get the statistic thrown out there that he's thirty seven now. I didn't know he was like that much older than me, but like you know, you kind of like associate him with like your childhood and like being that same age. But uh, it was like interesting to listen to him talk about um, what was normal to him growing up as like a child actor, because like he did he didn't have like a normal childhood. I want to, yeah, there, he, there he's he looking is. good. He's looking fucking really good. Yeah, I go to that that one right there. Yeah, it looks fucking great. Yeah. It doesn't look strung out or anything. Yeah, he was looking bad there for a little bit. Yeah, this is uh, probably one of the last times I saw him. He was looking uh, like this, which wasn't looking too bad. He's just having a good time. All right. Uh, we're at uh, about 80 minutes. You want to take a break? Sure. We will be happy. Music. Rap and hip-hop have taken a fall. It's only us two left. So now it's just metal! 
<laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll mix it up in the coming weeks, but uh, at least for me, this week it's definitely gonna be a metal album. So me too. I have hashtag me too. Melissa by Merciful Fate. Do you know anything about Merciful Fate? I do not. By name. Okay. Lead singer, King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, this very grim looking man. <laughs> he looks like uh what's that guy from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, the fucking clown guy? <laughs> uh, uh Captain Spaulding. Yeah, Captain Spaulding. I love that fucking guy. I actually had a um in the style of Tom Hanks talking to Wilson. I had a skull that I called Spalding for the longest time <laughs> that I would just like talk to. So, Merciful Fate is is from Denmark. They're Danish. They're a heavy metal band. They formed in I they formed probably a little earlier than 1983, but they they had a release in 1983 and I'm pretty confident that was Melissa. Yeah, this was their first album. So, your guitarists are Hank Sherman and Michael Denner. Michael Denner went on to continue with King Diamond in his... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He did not continue with... I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't I know just all got, the facts yet. I just got a fucking idea for, like, a suggestion box style art, artist. Fucking King Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking black metal disco, dude. But, uh, <laughs> so Merciful Fate had King Diamond, Hank Sherman on guitar, Michael Denner on guitar, Tin, Timmy Grabber Hansen on bass, and Kim Ruzz on drums. And these guys had had a band without King Diamond a little bit before Merciful Fate. They were called The Brats, I believe. Um, so being a heavy metal band from the 1980s, they have that, that transition of eras that I really like. So it's got this commercial. So it was 83 when they started. So it was like early eighties, yeah. what, like the leftover slop from the seventies going in a little or bit, or just like some early eighties stuff, early eighties stuff. Because, like, Cock Rock didn't really take the world by storm until the late 80s. Okay, well, then this is early, kind of has this early Cock Rock guitar feel to really? it, in my opinion. Because Ed... Proto-Cock Rock? Because Hank Sherman, their, their guitarist, and King Diamond will later on have a dispute about... Hank Sherman wanted to go with a way more commercial approach. He wanted to appeal to the masses with a commercial sound and... Hank Sherman wanted to eat. Yeah. And King Diamond <laughs> said, I want to sing about Satan in falsetto. <laughs> and Hank Sherman said, but I want money. <laughs> and King Diamond would strike off solo. I mean, it didn't kill the relationship because they... King Diamond has said, I will do stuff with Merciful Fate. And I think they're actually planning they, something. Uh, they late. worked it out like adults. Yeah. And <laughs> I think in the future there will be more Merciful Fate. But holy crap, the first half of this album is just amazing. The opening track, Evil, just wrote me in. And it's it wasn't just King Diamond wailing falsetto style, which is something I've said on here previously I'm not a huge fan of. 
and I actually was not a King Diamond fan whatsoever before this. I've actually made fun of him quite a bit ben for his style, but it works. the The style on this album works together, and I have been jamming it pretty much for a week and a half. This album's kept coming up for me. So the was the, this like your first exposure to it, or have you been? This like, was my first exo- exposure to Merciful Fate because I kind of always put it put it to the side. I was like King fucking Diamond. I've seen the pictures of Merciful Fate together, and everybody looks like they're having a bad time because they're stuck hanging out with King Diamond. <laughs> like I, I'll bring up a couple photos here. Like look at these guys, King Diamond's grim and grim and on it, and the other guys are just not having it. They're just like, why is this dude doing this to us? <laughs> right? It's like fucking. Um... Some KVLT with the fucking, uh, with ABBA behind him. Uh, there's one where they're in a graveyard and the band in the back is just like, why the fuck are we doing this? I, I can't find it, but... It's like Captain Spaulding and his victims. The f- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the first, because when this came out as a cassette, the first half of this album is absolute ripper songs. They're well-constructed, really well-thought-out. King Diamond shows his vocal range, which is actually really stunning. I'm still not a fan of his sustained falsetto stuff, mm-hmm. but he does have a really good vocal range, and it is pretty appealing to me, having listened to it now a couple more times. And then the second half of the album, uh, with songs like Satan's Fall and Melissa kind of wean off on me, Satan's Fall has way too much falsetto stuff in it for me, and it it times in at a whopping almost 12 minutes. I mean, there's. It is a long song. There's just something about. Um, oops. <laughs> uh, there's just something about uh, Satan and falsetto that uh, don't quite go together to me with like this day and age. And then the the closing track, Melissa, is like a. I don't want to call it a ballad, but it's it's a slower song, and it kind of threw me out of the the rock and groove. I got thrown out of the ditch, but evil curse of the pharaohs into the coven, like. They're well constructed. King Diamond tells a story. He's that's kind of his style. He likes making. He might he like likes painting an elaborate picture and a tale like in his deal, tracks, something yeah. like that. You know, some some dungeons, some dragons. Uh, like into into the that, coven but, is yeah. about bringing people into the witch's coven. Curse the pharaohs. Take a guess what that's about. <laughs> like. It, I really am enjoying this album. Lich King of the Titanic. I'm really enjoying this album. I think the guitar work is... Some of it's pretty simple, but when it's all put together, it just sounds great. I I love it. I think... I can see... I'm now able to see why people are rocking Merciful Fate. I'm, I'm turned on. <laughs> I'm hard for Merciful Fate. <laughs> Kind of sounds like but, uh, when it rolls off the tongue, it sounds like faith no more. <laughs> but merciful faith. When you look at King Diamond's solo stuff, it's vastly different. I mean, obviously, it's still King Diamond singing, but the guitar and instrumental work is definitely way different than the stuff from Merciful Fate. Merciful Fate, I get images of dudes jumping around in onesies and leotards. I know they weren't at the time, but they were definitely rocking, you know denim jeans and leather jackets but but that stuff didn't really hit until like the late 80s uh, but they're rocking man like um there's that whole transitional phase into like um like uh the cock rock 
which was dominant in the late 80s, and then the same kind of like flabbergasted um, attitude permeates like a lot of the artists who got taken over from cock rock by grunge because it just like took over. You have that. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to hear that like that's like where it's stemming from, you know, just like that falsetto 80s style in the early 80s translating into what like dominated the style in the later 80s and then just like knowing how those people felt once um like bands like pantera and like these grungier like dirtier more depressed kind of like overtones and like the style of music came out like uh you have like um like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and uh, Soundgarden, those like the big ones. I wish I knew more about like the underbelly of grunge, but there's only so much it you can. It only know goes about, so like, deep for for us, really, on the surf. Uh, for, uh, I mean, I know it goes. Oh, I thought deeper, you're gonna say subculture, but I mean, for a lot of us, it's all surface skimming for grunge for a lot of us because it was I what was grunge, it was though. it's what was presented to us on mtv and stuff like that like uh, uh sam was uh referencing that fucking song uh where are you going with tomorrow i always thought the fucking next vocal in that, that song garden uh no i forget what it was i was just talking about it with sam eddie better uh it sounds like him because they all adopted that style but i always used to think that uh he says where are you going tomorrow where are you going with the master plan he's actually saying with the mask i found wow yeah, I was like, huh? Uh? But to put it into perspective, so Merciful Fate drops this album, uh, 1983. They're booked to tour with Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy ends up canceling the tour. But these guys later on would end up touring with bands like Man of War, Motorhead, Twisted Sister, Metallica in the early years, like Lita Ford, stuff like that. One of the things... Uh, so it's got that kind of heavy... That's, that's the kind of heavy metal it is. Like, yeah, and yeah. then it. it... <laughs> I don't associate Twisted Sister with like cock rock, really. I more associate them with anthems. But more recently, what I've associated, um, not necessarily Twisted Sister, but uh, D. Snyder with, was him going to court with uh, the lead for the Dead Kennedys. Oh, like, for not, the not court, but Congress, like for testifying the, uh, in censorship front of... stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously well-spoken dudes yeah they like d snyder walked into congress looking like d snyder in the 80s just not in drag and was like presented a better case than this basically this pre attorney prosecutor yeah, or whatever. A, a, a church lady a dana carver carvey church lady <laughs> archetype you gotta think of the children won't you please think of the children <laughs> could it be satan but uh for this album if you don't want to sit and listen to the whole thing i would recommend the first three tracks evil you definitely have to check out curse of the pharaohs and into the coven are also definitely worth checking out and then actually it's not on this album but it's on an album called beginning the track is known as doomed by the living dead that's a good one too Vast vocal range, great guitar work. I, overall, I'm going to give it a like an eight out of ten. Overall for the album, 
okay. Yeah. I will definitely have to check that out just uh, through the like interest of like learning a bit more about like where the eighties like evolved through. Um, I'm just like calling up my, uh, I, like I want, yeah, I wanted to get some like info. I should have like kind of, usually I, I get notes down and stuff, but what I, what I've been trying to do for this format was like, try to like, um, take as much in as I can and then like talk from like the hip just to like p- kind of put my own like style and analysis over it. So I wasn't like depending on like hard facts because I'd like to like give like some hard facts, but I'd also like to just like give my, um, my own analysis on it. So yeah, I, I, I hear you. I just usually try to get a couple notes so I can give some facts, but lately at work, it's just been a lot of micromanaging going on. So I'm not really allowed. I'm not able to, so not that, you gotta look on your own time. What you're yeah. looking at this stuff at work? What? Yeah, it's, what do you say? Yeah. I, <laughs> so, uh, this week's album came from Ryan Oswald, guest on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, last weekend, I put up a "Give Me Your Weird Music" thread on Facebook, to which uh, I always have outstanding results. As long as I put like a good amount of time between them uh if you put up a thread and make it about like what are you into like give me some of what you're into like those end up being like really good threads uh even on facebook even though it's the the fucking the zuck (laughs) the zuck space um so Ryan had recommended me this band. I was like, give me your weird music. He recommended me this band called Igor. It's like E Y E G No, like like Igor as in uh, Bride Frankenstein's of Frankenstein. assistant. Or, sorry. Yeah, Frank. But uh, with three R's. I G O R R R. Um what, this I'm sorry. What is that movie with Gene Wilder? It's Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, I actually sent him. uh, I actually sent him a gif of uh, what hump, (laughs) (laughs) just like looking at this stuff. And this was like the thread winner. Like um, all you guys out there that submitted music, fucking, there's some great stuff in there, and I listened to all of it all the way through. But this is the thing that just. It kept blew me away. I was like, "Wow, this is like the fresh new thing I needed to like listen to." They, it, it wanted me. It, it made me want to put it on again. And um, so the av- album is by Igor. It is called Savage Sinusoid, and it is by a Frenchman. I don't Those know French his actual name, stuff. but yeah, if you could look up the uh, al- album art for this. Uh, it's very weird. It's like kind of an amount. What amalg- was the album again? Savage Sinusoid. Um, so basically what I would describe this as the, f- the first time listening to it, um, the song that I was presented called Humanus is like the hands down like stranglehold over the album. This is like the most memorable song of the album. It starts out with accordion, just solo accordion, and it's playing like a, a kind of like rhythmic passage. 
But it's um, the thing about Igor is he has this amalgamation of styles, but it's like cohesive styles. He blends black metal with opera and like Baltic styles. Mm. I saw, this sounds like it's appealing to me. As a yeah, it's it's very Euro. Um, there's not much like lyrical work to it. Oh, and there's like a big sprinkling of electronic manipulation over it. Uh, what I was referring to it as, um, at this track in itself, I called it power hype because the song it, it like establishes a motif and then like kind of like switches what the style is by like incorporating other instruments into it. Like if you start at the beginning of this album, you're going to have an entirely different perspective on like what you're about to experience versus if somebody puts this song in front of you, it just starts out with like accordion, just like it's just accordion. (laughs) And then all this other shit come in. Like I'm talking operatic vocals, soaring fucking blast beats blatant blast beats <laughs> shameless shameless Absolutely blast shameless beats. then fucking um like distorted 808 gaba style bass drum just blown out bass <laughs> back to blast beats um with fucking like these bass lines that are crafted by somebody who is obviously like into like a more of like a fusiony style um so this this i could see that this climax of this album and in this track came from somebody who basically developed a music style by taking like a bunch of them and cramming them together like we like i mean to do look now. at this album cover just a uh, solo yeah like look at this yeah i, I get the feeling of where <laughs> yeah. you're going with this they're all just shoved in there <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So, like, it started out as just, like, a guy, I believe, and it didn't become, like, a full lineup until 2017. Uh, With, like, session musicians he's pulling in and stuff? Uh, No, I think he was just, like, doing it in, like, a bedroom for a while. He had, like, other ones. No, I meant for his musician pull. Like, he pulled in session musicians or he got other people? I don't know. I can't actually say that be interesting to dig into. Uh, I think they're doing it live, so I would think, like, some session musicians... And, like, th- I think they're actually able to pull this off live. Uh, and I would love to fucking see it. But uh, overall, the, uh, the what I took away from it was that it didn't take itself super seriously because of the amalgamations of style. Um, it would, like, set itself at, like, the beginning of this song after you listen to like the first two tracks and then you get this one interjected into it, it's like, Oh, this is kind of silly. And then you'd get like these long, like, uh, like kind of like intense, very like berating, blasting, grating segments. You know, like I love punishment in music. It's one of my favorite things is punishment. And reward. Like the punishment, uh, you know, punch it, baby. Just come on. Um, uh, with this album, I feel like once it gets like too serious, once you have like a um, 
a length of time where it's like, oh, this is operatic and this is like super classical. It just basically flips it on its head and it's like, nope. <laughs> like shits on it like uh as far as like baltic and like european style and like kind of like that gypsy vibe they literally have sound bites of like chickens clucking in this song <laughs> like accordions and chickens clucking merged together with like blast beats and gaba is like and, and opera <laughs> it has it all it has it. A, what more could so you want? So do they get a, a chicken for that part, or is Actually, they go uh, they go hate beak on us? If or you what? look up Igor on his um, on his Wikipedia, there's actually a picture of him just like sitting in a chair with a chicken, like very well done. <laughs> like that's actually my <laughs> pet chicken. Uh, not the album, yeah, I've, uh, I've but uh, the artist. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Uh, actually, I think on uh, some of the credits I looked at earlier, there is actually like a credit for the uh, chicken. <laughs> it must be his. I bet he has a, a pet chicken. Yeah, these guys look pretty uh, black metal. Yeah, that's one of like their main styles that they like say like it does have like a. I'd say the glue that holds it together is metal and heaviness, but there's all these other styles that just get like brought into the fray. That just make you kind of forget what the fuck you're listening to. It's it's wild. Oh, look at this! It, uh, they had a uh, collaboration with Mayhem guitarist Telloc. That's pretty cool. I don't know who that is. Uh, is he the guy who got eight? No, uh, he's Mayhem's current guitarist, who is very good in his own right. I actually like the last album they put out quite a bit. It's not. Uh, the last album they put out is called uh, Esoteric Warfare. It's good, but it's really hard to follow in the footsteps of Ordo AD Chaos because that album... Now, what is that? Uh, that Ordo AD Chaos? Uh, the guitarist on that album was known as... Oh, it's a guy's Blasphemer. name. It's a no, guy's the, name. The, the, that was Mayhem's album. Okay. But it was an... At that time... Although Mayhem was is st- was still black metal, they transitioned to this avant-garde style, and that album, as an avant-garde album, is pretty groundbreaking. There's no repet- repetition in anything in the songs. They continuously grow oh, from beginning that. to end. It's just so hard. Like I don't it's so hard to write, and it's so hard to get people who appreciate that, um, because like like uh, that style as somebody who like writes music. It's like if you can write a song where there isn't like repetition in it, that is like the musician's musician's dream. Like uh, not to speak for all of them, but uh, like y- playing the same shit over and over again, especially if you play the same shit over and over again in a song, it's very boring. And like the there's this bias as musicians to mix it up too much. And I like the shit that indulges in that where the musicians like do do that where they're you have a motif basically that you follow and then you just trash it and move along to the next thing but make it cohesive it also represented a shift in their lyrical content too because the their vocalist attila i'm gonna butcher this last name shazar uh, who did the original vocals on Mysteries de Satanis because Dead obviously killed himself, so he was the one that was called in for lyrics. 
uh, shifted the lyrical focus more towards our favorite thing, reptilians. Mm. <laughs> and aliens turning humans into a, into a, a workforce. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a pretty show. That's cool that uh, Igor did stuff with uh, Telok. I like him. He's an interesting guy. I meant to stop that way <laughs> earlier. All right. Um, there was one more story, and it kind of has to do with music. It was, but it's more news. The uh, the the Danzig movie. You wanted to talk about, about the Danzig movie? I mean, you seem pretty excited to talk about it. <laughs> Let me bring this story up again. But he got he made a contract supposedly with. Son of deal with the devil on Halloween. We have this joke about um, Danzig in his latest single, Highway. What is it? Devil on, devil highway, on nine. highway Nine. Oh boy. Yeah, about him basically being put in front of a microphone and a nurse like pushing on his stomach just to get the fucking wind out of his lungs. So out of breath. Okay, so Danzig's making a movie, right? And he signed with. Cleopatra Entertainment, who I'm not familiar with, and this is going to be focused on Danzig's... Oh, 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 oh look at that. Danzig's erotica com- <laughs> comics. No. So... Uh, <laughs> the statement made is somewhere Is Sigourney Weaver going to play Danzig? I hope so. <laughs> He's, she's got the thin frame and face that he wishes he had. But supposedly but, but she's got a, the she's got the lizard man jaw. Yeah, supposedly somewhere in here there's a statement about Danzig's success making uh making products basically and him just being able to have a very strong record of marketing himself and the prod, products that he enjoys, which I don't know how true that is. <laughs> so is there like any like tidbits on like what the movie is about is gonna be about or is it just gonna be like danzig's scaly porn fiasco (laughs) well uh what i have right here in this article is danzig will pen direct and compose music for the feature film which is gonna be great devil on highway nine will be in there god uh Danzig directing that just has fucking box it's office poison. On, it's based <laughs> on Danzig's on own popular ver- verotic comic book characters. So let's get a look at verotic. Yeah, what's verotic here? Who's this? Uh, it basically devil young man Danzig. Uh, looks, a verotic. Looks like mean? a Harvey Flint. Was that the guy you were talking about earlier? <laughs> no, the guy who owns Hustler, um, Larry Flint. Larry Flint. It looks like some Larry <laughs> Flint stuff here. I don't know what any of these are because I have not. Ever I mean, read some them. of this looks fun. I could fap to this, but uh, <laughs> uh, oh, actually, we can't put this on Twitch. Uh, we can't put this on YouTube. Duh! We can't put tits and shit. Look at this one. <laughs> God damn it, Stefan. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to is, cut uh, all this shit yeah, out. This uh, is just this is this is Danzig right there. <laughs> I just stare at him. <sighs> Look into the gaze of Danzig. All is right, is he a lizard? Is he Scorny Weaver? 
I think it is time to call it a wrap. It was fun. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you'll have to. You'll have to let this hold you over till uh, yep, two weeks from two now. Two weeks from now, I'll be out of town. Just a reminder, and I am sorry. It sounds like that twenty-two inch double-sided dildo I bought is just gonna go to waste. Just yep. give it to Sean. He wanted. <laughs> Stick it in his mailbox. Yep. Just we'll put it. We'll get a nice lacquer on some wood. Just staple a note to it. I mean, I was going to say, like, the loser should get it. <laughs> well, I mean, you get to hit him with it, and then you give it to him, but... All right. So, in the words of Sean himself... I'm the best host. <laughs> <laughs> Good day. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs>